0: am a son and because that I am a son then I rest assured knowing that I am an heir I am part of the inheritance of God and you know everything that he has is mine it just hasn't become into the fullness yet. But that day is coming. Whether I go by grave, and I'm not really interested in dying right now a physical death. I enjoy life, to be quite honest with you. But whether it comes through death, or whether it comes through the rapture of the believer, I am ready for for that inheritance to come into full force and full effect. So we praise God for his goodness. Uh, Warren, I hope, I didn't check, I hope my slide is there for my PowerPoint. If you'll go ahead and bring that up for me. It's good to have you all here today. It's good to have our Facebook audience here uh, or there or wherever they're at. With us and it's good to have EV radio there as well. So I want to, we just appreciate you so much. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, one day it seems like we're hearing positive news. The next day it's, there's a downturn and there's a lot of different things occurring all around us. But you know what? God is still good. He's still on the throne and, and we just believe he is just going to continue to minister and take care of us. Last Sunday, those of you that were here last Sunday will may re- recall that I, I preached my message and I used for a, as a uh, illustration I used a little yellow canary bird that was named Elvis and how that Elvis's owner accidentally left the vacuum hose. She was vacuuming out of his cage and she left the hose in his cage. Elvis got sucked up. She took him out of the vacuum cleaner and she washed him up, nearly drowned in him. And uh, then she decided well, she, he was cold and wet and she took the blow dryer and she blew him up. So Elvis got sucked up, he got washed up, and he got blew up in just a few moments of time. And, and I left you with that message preaching that we all go through things. We're, Job said, you know, I came into this world with nothing. I will leave this world with nothing. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And, 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 and it rains on the just and the unjust alike in this world is what Jesus instructed us. And, and, and so we find that the world is full of problems and we still have our troubles. So, so as we, uh, as we go to the scripture this morning, we're going to go to a portion of scripture wherein that, uh, Warren, this thing's not advancing. I need you to do it for me, sir. We go to a portion of scripture wherein Jesus Finds himself sitting with his disciples, and he's giving them their last, his last uh, discourse, if you would. He's sharing with them uh, what is about to happen. In John chapter fourteen, he, uh he—I don't think the disciples really comprehended, even maybe the slightest. Maybe the slightest, but definitely not in the fullness, what Jesus is telling them about. Jesus is telling them, uh, he, He's telling them, you know, I'm gonna be apprehended. He doesn't go into all, all the details. I'm gonna be beaten. I'm gonna be crucified. And, uh, and you're gonna watch it all happen. You're gonna see it all happen. You're gonna become full of fright. You're gonna be fearful. And, uh, and there's gonna be a lot of things happen in the next 50 days or so that you're not really not gonna understand what's going on at all. And quite honestly, there's right now, I'll have to say this, there's a lot of things going on, and it's really nothing new, but it's, you know, this has been a year, 2020, it's, somebody said it's the year that we're going to, everybody's going to want to forget and uh, I really we probably don't need to to be quite frank with you we don't need to forget about what we've gone through and what happens this year whether Jesus tarries a while longer or, or whether he comes tomorrow or even today we don't need to forget necessarily no matter how many days we have about this year 2020 because it's very important to us uh, God's teaching us and God's showing us some things and God is training us and God is developing us through all of this so, so Jesus is saying to there's some things coming on that you're not going to understand. There's things going on right now I don't understand. And it's always been that way when I sit down and I, I consider it and I think about it. There's so much in my life that has happened and I really don't understand. Don't you just love it when somebody comes along and begins to tell you what is going on in your life and why it's going on? You know, when, when I, when my, when my, I lost my, 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 my first wife passed away early in life. And when I lost her, I had so many people that would come along and say to me, uh, uh, you know, she, she passed away. She was 48 years old and people came along and they told me all these reasons that God needed her or all of these reasons that she died early in life. And, and they begin to explain all of that and share all of that with me. And, and, and I'll be quite frank with you, but I still I don 't understand things like that. I don 't understand why why little babies die. I don't I don't, under, I don't understand why why little children get sick. I don't understand why missionaries that have that have that have given their life to take the gospel to to the far reaches of the earth go that and especially in the early days of world missions that uh, that these missionaries have gone and, and they're they're murdered by they're murdered by indigenous people. I, I don't understand that if they, if they're doing this for you, God, why did you let them get murdered? I don't understand things like that. I really don't. And I don't claim to. And I probably never will. But when we get to this scripture in the book of John, this is what Jesus said. I'm going to read the first verse and then I'm going to go down to verse 25. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. I want you, if you have never ever marked that in your Bible, I want you to underline that today or highlight it or do something. Jesus said, and I'm reading from the New International, so yours may be look a little bit, just a tad bit different, but still. I do not give to you as the world gives. That's part of our struggle. That's, In fact, that is a lot of our struggle with God. I do not give to you as the world gives. And again, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I I want to preach to you this morning. Your heart matters. Your heart matters. Now we live in a uh, right now in 2020, we're hearing all these things about Black Lives Matters, All Lives Matters, Babies Lives Matters. We're, we're hearing all of those things and, 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 and you know, sometimes it's just hard to, to grasp and put our arms and our thoughts and uh, around all of that stuff. But, but here's what I want you to know this morning. I want you to know that your heart matters. Your heart matters. Your heart matters we uh, already mentioned to you and, uh as I began here this morning that it rains on the just and the unjust alike uh, you know, whether we're saved or whether we're not, you know, uh, so, somebody said, I, I, I don't, somebody said this and it, to be honest with you, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I just remember the statement very early on back in March, uh, I guess it was March or probably early April at the latest. I, 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 I read something that some, a, a Christian person had posted and this Christian person says, I don't believe that Christians will get COVID. That's foolish. That's foolish in itself. It rains on the just and the unjust life. They are good. In fact, the 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 bishop the the bishop of a uh, of a well known not our uh, IPHC denomination or Church of God Cleveland, but of a smaller Pentecostal denomination. Just about two weeks ago, that bishop lost his life to this COVID virus. Great man of God. Dedicated man of God. Served God many years. So it's foolish for us to think that, that, that trouble is not going to come our way even in this time of 2020. Job again said, I came into this world with nothing and I will leave this world with nothing. But he blessed the Lord and all of that. If you have some time, I'd like for you to go to, uh, and and study Proverbs chapter 15. I'm not going to read that this morning because it's about 33 verses long. But when we go to Proverbs chapter 15, you find there, there is a, uh, there is a comparative between good and evil, between righteousness and wickedness, between light and darkness. And in that 15th Proverbs, we find things that that, that that allow us and we can see in scripture that there is a stark comparison and we're not exempt from those things for in the 13th verse of, of Proverbs 15 we see that that, that 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 it's a broken spirit that is spoke of the broken spirit a sorrowful spirit that can come our way in verse 15 we find that there is an affliction that can come our way in verse 16 we find there's turmoil and trouble that can come our way In verse 17, we find the presence of hatred. In verse 18, we find the presence of strife. And in verse 22, we find the presence of frustration. These are things that... Can and will and do come our way even as believers this morning. Things come our way. Troubles. A man's days are short. They're very few here on earth, but the scripture says, but they are full of troubles. They're, they're here. They're around us. They're present. All of you, all of these things that I've named and we find in Proverbs 15 though, for you and I this morning, they have a direct correlation to something that has escalated especially in this 2020 year and that is the matter of stress and anxiety. In fact, I was just doing some research earlier this week and I found that uh, under ordinary circumstances, non-COVID, no coronavirus, under normal circumstances, Without a, it being an election year, under normal circumstances, seventy uh, percent uh, of Americans identify with being under stress. Under stress, stress is stress can be a little bit messy. Stress is messy. Stress is cool. Stress has stress has a breaking point, if you would. Where's my man Reese? Is Reese back there? Reese? Is, no, he's out here. Stress is like this. These things are good, you know? These things are good if you need them. Like, like, you know, if you, if you're cleaning up a mess, you know, they're good. If you, if you're in this COVID time, these, these, these gloves are, they're great. They're, they're wonderful. They're good. But, but, but you know what? They're, they're, they're made of a material that's stretchy. They're sort of like, I think they come what, small, medium, and large. But, but they're, they're typically, typically, uh, you know, Anybody can 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 just about wire these things. They're stretchy, they're stretchy. But then, but 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 you can start working on these things. You can, and the, and they'll stretch. I've been having a good time with this with the kids. They just keep growing. and grow one and grow one and they lo- begin to lose color they begin to change color and they begin to look funny and and they stretch and they grow and they they just keep getting bigger But if if I keep blowing this up and I didn't do as good as I wanted to earlier morning, I practiced on one and it did good. But if you keep going, eventually it's going to pop. You see, and you and I, you and I are a lot like that because because we we are at the best when it comes down to it, we're all thin skinned. We're all thin skin. We all have thin skin. Our skin is only so thick in, in, in the natural sense, but but you and I, we all have our breaking point. Some some uh, maybe your hide's a little bit tougher than the next person, but we all have our breaking point. We all have that place where we come to where we begin things begin to come thin and we begin to break. During this pandemic, during this year twenty twenty, I was reading that UNC. UNC Research and Harvard Research Centers, UNC, UNC uh, Hospital down in North Carolina, Harvard Research Center, they have indicated in their research that stress that is already at 70% has increased 55% since March in America. So if 70% are already stressed out, the amount of stress has already increased by 55%. One in four Americans are now at extreme levels of stress, they say. The concerns, their concerns are, the two major concerns are, concerns for their their themselves or a family member or someone close to them contracting the virus. Because we relate the virus to death, even though the death rate is now down to approximately one half of a percent. You see, we become stressed. We become we we develop anxiety. We develop worry. We develop fear. And and, those, and and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be precautious. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that we shouldn't use wisdom. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is the enemy is using circumstances to stretch us to the point where we're close to breaking. And as he stresses us to that close of breaking, and and we and and now I'm, I heard this. Uh, In the last few weeks, I heard due to the isolation and all of the shutdowns, the suicide rate in America is right now up 603%. 603%. The suicide rate in America. Because, because we're stressed out. We're, we're overwhelmed. We, we don't know what to do. We can't handle this. You know, you know, we're people saying, I, I've been locked up in my house so long, I, I'm having trouble. Others know. I realize that. Others not having that difficulty. But there are those that are having that difficulty. And then it's, of course, it's election year. In an already heated political circumstance, it's election year. Fifty-eight percent of Americans right now, according to a reliable poll. Reliable polls, right, Nathan? According to reliable polls, unbiased polls. They, that was done among, uh, I think it was 1,500 people, 1,500 Americans. Fifty-eight percent of Americans right now are stressed that there is going to be a social meltdown in this country, regardless of what happens on November 3rd in the election. Right now, people are worried. If you don't believe people are worried, let me tell you this. Ladies, you can do this too. If you don't believe people are worried right now, go over, drive over to the mall, go in Rural King and go back to the gun barn, they call it, and check out and see how much ammunition is available and how many guns Are on the rack. People, Americans right now are bracing for civil unrest. They're bracing because they believe there is a potential for political and social breakdown in America. Right now, among that 58%, they believe that the, the, the four biggest threats that they have before them as Americans, number one, is their religious freedom. Number two is their Second Amendment right. Number three is the fear of domestic terrorism as somebody's going to burn your city down. And fourthly, 69% sixty nine percent of Americans are stressing over whether or not they're going to have health care as they go into the future. Some of you sitting in this room, many of you watching right now, you're stressing out. You're worried about, am I going to have health insurance? You're worried about, is somebody going to come take my guns? You're, you're, you're concerned about, can, are we still going to be able to, get, get to assemble together and have church or is the government going to tell us that we, we can't do that? We, we, are, are, we are in fear over these things as a nation. Listen, fear does not come from God. He is not the author of fear. He didn't manufacture fear. But fear comes from the works of the enemy. The imps of hell, if you would. The works of darkness. The fears that are gripping the people's lives right now is not a result of what God is giving and what God is doing. Because we found in the scripture that he said, Jesus said to fear not. And we find that he says peace is going to come from me. But he said it's going to be a peace. Unlike the world, it's not the kind of peace that the world wants to give or does give, or that we think we need. God gives us peace among calamity. Fifty-six percent of Americans attrib- attribute their extremely high level of stress to the upcoming election. Right now, that's 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 been in the last few weeks. There is actually a mental health diagnosis. That began a few weeks ago, there's a literal mental health diagnosis that is known as election stress syndrome. There are people that are that are literally losing their minds over what is happening in this country right now. Uh I of course I don't remember it. My my dad my dad was born in nineteen thirty. August 31st, 1930, he's got a birthday next week, 90 years old. And as far as we know, he's fit as a horse. However, whatever that means, I've heard that all my life. Never been in the hospital a day in his life. Wasn't even born in the hospital. And he was born right in the, right in the depression. And, and uh, so, of course, I don't know anything about the depression firsthand. But but thank God for history. And uh, those, uh, where's where's my school teachers at in the building tonight? Thank God somebody can still teach some history. You know somebody somebody's getting some history lessons somewhere. But here's the reality of it. I remember I remember hearing about and studying about and reading stories and reading books and accounts of the Great Depression. How that that, that when the stock market crashed and people began to take their lives they jumped off of bridges, and they jumped off of buildings, and, and, and they, they, they took guns to their head, and they took their own life, and they had mental breakdowns, let me tell you, that is because they were finding their peace in a way that the world gives it, but Jesus said, I give peace in a way that does not come from the world, I give comfort in a way that it does not come from the world, but it comes through my spirit that I'm sending back through the Holy Ghost, and He will be your abiding presence. But stress is real. It is real. It's real in our lives. It's a battle. You see, but I used to the bit, the the company that I worked for for twenty one years, and and we were basically a, a glorified machine shop, and and I, I you know I did a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the the uh, the product that I handled hands on, you know, ordering and what have you, uh, and managing and purchasing. And inventory and such, a lot of the metal that we ha- ordered would have to be stress relieved. Now what stress relief meant, and I, I'll give this in a very layman's definition, but what stress when you had a piece of metal that was stress relieved or it was tempered, if you would, it would be heated, really, really hot. It would be heated, red, hot. And then you would take that metal, that red hot metal, uh, in, again in a layman's form, it would be like taking a piece of metal and heating it until it was red hot, almost transparent. And then you take that piece of metal and you stick it down in a can full or a bucket full of oil to quench it, to quench the fire in it. And then it's hardened, it's tempered, and it's stress relieved. You see, we, you and I, you and I, as we go through the fire, as we go through the flood, as we go, grow through, and then, and then, we're going through the pandemic, and we're going through the election, and we're going through whatever personal crisis is going on in your life right now. As we go through them, th- those things, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we find ourselves quenched in the oil of the Holy Spirit. We're being tempered. We're being stress relieved. God is preparing us to take us in to what He has for us. He's making us stronger. He's making us more durable. He's making us into that person, that witness that He chooses for us to be. So Jesus is stress relieving us. He's stress stress relieving us into abiding peace. How does He do that? The way He stress relieves us into abiding peace is, what number one, is by going into the Word. we have have to realize this as believers we we must come We must. I don't think it's an option I, I I don't think there's any other alternative at all but we must come to the place in our belief that the word of God is complete it's without error the word of God is truth the word of God will stand the word of God is permanent and it's the one thing that we can count on that we can depend on that we know that we know that we know that it will never fail us, it will never it will never, never, never fall short. We must understand the word of God is what we can cast our dependency on it's absolute, and Jesus said, when he was brought to the fire when 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 Satan, after Jesus had been in the wilderness, fasting forty days, forty nights he had been there fasting, the devil tempted him. Jesus said to him, "It is written, Satan tried to twist it. He tried to manipulate it. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. It is written saying, man shall not live by bread alone. But listen to me. We must understand and realize the power of the word. And the word is truth. The word cannot lie. God cannot lie. And secondly, secondly, is we must be tempered, stress relieved, if you would, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now listen. We're Pentecostals. There is no, but I want you to understand this. There is no way that we can be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. The Bible declares that. Not my opinion. But there's no way to be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws us. The Holy Spirit pulls us in. The Holy Spirit chastises our heart and we are saved. But, but as Pentecostals, Pentecostals, we teach and we preach a baptism in the Spirit. A baptism in the Spirit that goes back to Acts chapter 2 and on the upper room, in the upper chamber, they were all there praying, they had been tarrying there, uh, some 120 and the Holy Spirit is poured out on them and then we see reoccurrences of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as we go into, uh, further into the, the writings of Paul and what have you. And, and, and we we as Pentecostals we believe we believe and part of our our doctrine and our emphasis is there is a baptism or a submersion or a quenching if you would when we're in the fire we're quenched in the oil of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is equipping us and making us strong to endure the stressful times that we are in right now so we have the abiding peace of the Word and we have the quenching of, or the tempering of the Holy Spirit. And then we have a promise. Because Jesus said this, he says, surely as I go, he said, I will come again. Here's where we struggle. Most of us in this room, most of you watching Facebook Live, most of you listening by EV radio, here's where we're at. And it just is what it is, what it is. Most of us, most of us, in spite of our Christian faith, in spite of our, of our Pentecostal spirit filledness, in spite of all of that, most of us in this room are living to live. Most of us in this room, we're living to live. That, and I, listen, I'm not, I'm not preaching that retirement counts, 401ks are of the devil. I'm not saying that. I'm, I think all oh, that's wise and it's good and it's great, okay? I'm not saying that. Your children really think it's great because they're hoping you're not going to spend it, okay? But here's the thing about Most of us... Most of us in this room, most of you watching by Facebook Live, most of you listening by EV Radio or whenever you listen to the podcast, whatever. Listen, most of us live like we're going to live forever. You see, that's the Western lifestyle. The Western lifestyle. And I'm not talking about the Wild West. I'm not talking about Brett Maverick and all this. I'm talking about the Western Hemisphere. In the Western lifestyle, we we are the most prosperous society of people on the face of the earth. And we live like we're going to live forever. That's why we don't care to go, you know, just go, go here, go down, buy us a, buy us a new car, new truck. And we already got a perfectly good one. That's why we, that's why we, uh, go to the Harley shop and we was there at the Harley shop yesterday. And the guy said, why don't you sit on this one? He's speaking to me. Why don't you sit on this one? And Sarah's there. She's being my scotch, uh, my, 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 my godly woman. And she said, he don't need to be sitting on one. And I'm saying, I'm shaking my head no too, because I'm in full agreement with her because they you know, once they get you sitting on one, then they want you to ride it. And he said, you can test ride one if you want to. Then they got you hooked and you want something that you don't need. But, but, but listen, but, but we're, we're living like we're going to live forever. I uh, uh, and the, the evangelist that I got saved under many, many years ago, the evangelist that I got saved under, a guy by the name of Philip Martin, later, later he would come along and he would be my pastor. But, but I remember one time in revival and I, as I was sitting under, uh, pa, Br- brother Martin as he was preaching a revival message and I, I don't recall whether it was before I'd gotten saved or after I'd gotten saved, but, but, but I remember him saying this. He said, there is a day that will come in America When everyone will have two or three cars sitting in their driveway, they will have boats, they will have campers, and I'm not preaching against any of those things that they're wrong, they will have boats, they will have campers, they will have homes with, with, with multiple bathrooms, they will have homes that far bigger than they ever need, they will have all of these wonderful things at their house, but there will be a day that will come that there will, and they will have money, but the day will come that there will not be product for them to buy. This morning, we drove by coal. What's it called? Coal Chevy? Cole, uh, yeah, we drove by coal. Sarah said, Hey, did you notice that they have very few cars on their lot? They have so few cars that they have them parked end to end rather than at an angle because they don't have, uh, the Harley shop in Whiffle had, was almost completely out of motorcycles. They just went uh, a couple of weeks ago and bought 60 motorcycles from a, another Harley dealership that has went broke up near Waynesboro, Virginia and brought all those motorcycles there. Otherwise they would have had nothing to sell. When you don't have nothing to sell, you, you do you go broke too. But, 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 but he, he, he prophesied and I don't think you even realize about a day that would come when people would have money, they would have stuff and they would have a lifestyle. But there may not be something to buy. Hello, where is the toilet paper you bought up? Some of y'all put it in the freezer like I suggested to you, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you put you put toilet paper in the freezer and it'll last for years, you know, just keep it frozen really good until you need it. But understand this with me, this morning what I'm saying to you is, we live to live, we are not living like we're living to die. We're not living like there is a far better world for us to inhabit than this world. We're living like this is the best place, this is the best life that we ever are going to have. Many times, we at least, uh, that's the impression that I sometimes get. That's the impression that I sometimes take on myself. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves forgetting about the promise. So we must have the word. We must have the spirit. And we must remember the promise. The promise. Because surely, as I go, I will come again. And he speaks of peace unlike the world has ever known. The world doesn't listen. The the best peace that the world can give is temporary. The best, the best piece that the world can give, you know, I could have, I could have, listen, I could have test road, that new road glide, that thing was pretty, it had the, it had, you know, for people like me that's vertically challenged, it had the real low slung seat, it wasn't about this high off the ground, both feet would have touched the, the, you know, the pavement for 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 a guy that's vertically challenged like me, and, and, and you see, but I would say I was short, but that would be, that may be a little bit prejudiced, so I didn't want to say short. Short. I could have rode that thing, no payments till twenty twenty one. Wow. I'm ride this thing rest of the year, don't have to make a payment on it till next year. But you know what? When the payment book, when that big old thick book comes in and it's about four hundred and some dollars a month, and and then reality begins to set in. All the newness, all the fact that you can sit with both feet on the ground, and that thing's got that saddle on it, and it's got that stereo, it's got GPS on it, it's got all this, all that stuff. Suddenly, the, the 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 happiness, the peace, if you would, if you allow me to use it in that frame, the peace that I had by trying that thing out and buying it and signing that paper, you know, and even get to keep the ink pen, all suddenly, all that peace just vanished. Because, you see, you see, the peace that we find in things, the peace that we find in stuff, it's temporary. And it's circumstantial. And the other thing is, it's perishable. Because, because there is nothing in this life that is permanent other than soul and spirit. There is nothing permanent about any of you all. There's nothing permanent about me. I thought my hair was permanent at one point in time in my life. I actually got a perm one time in my life. Two different things, I know. But there come a parting of ways. Not, nothing in life, nothing in this life, is is to be permanent. It's not to be considered permanent. It is in no way permanent. Listen, uh, uh, we read Sarah's cousin put up a post on Facebook the other day, yesterday maybe, and it said something like something like you know it, it's sort of depressing when all the old people are the same age as you. Young people don't know, you know, if the world stays Jesus tarries, and you, you get, you know, a little bit few more years, you'll understand. But the truth of the matter is, it's, it's temporary circumstances. But here's the problem. It's an issue of the heart. It's an issue of the heart. When you read that, when you read the, the scripture that we shared in text this morning, when Jesus said, "Do not let your hearts be troubled," and, and then He said that again down in verse twenty-seven, "Do not let your heart be troubled." Understand that that is coming from a Latin word, cardiac, was spelled with a k, k a r d i a, Cardia, which is a Latin word which actually means the center of the mind and the body, the place where emotions. Fears and apprehensions abide. You see now. Now, in in medical terms and in 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 physical terms, we 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 think about the heart. We think about the the muscle that's right in the center of our chest, and it's about the size of your fist. And it's there, and it's receiving nerve pulses, and and and, and it reacts, and it's pumping blood through all of our bodies. Because if you're not pumping blood right now, you're dead. Nobody in here dead right now. Okay. I had a friend, we had a friend of ours that lost somebody in their church service. The man, the man actually died and God raised them back up. He had been dead several minutes and God raised him back up and he was sharing the testimony of how that happened in the church. He said, the, and another pastor said, well, when the, they said they called the rescue squad, the rescue squad came to the church and the man sitting there dead in the pew. And, and he said, uh, another pastor looked at him and he said, how did they know which one to get? Some of y'all will get that later. But Jesus is talking about the heart of our soul. The heart of our soul. And it's more than this mind over matter. It's, it's not that at all because it's the heart of our soul. It's the heart of who we are. And understand in the heart that the cardia, the heart, the place of our emotions, the place of our fears, the place of the, our apprehensions, that's the place that the, is the battlefield of the enemy. Joyce Myers wrote a book and did a series a number of years ago that was entitled Battlefield of the Mind. It's very good, by the way, whether you're a Joyce Myers fan or not. You see, but, but, because it's in our heart, it's in our heart is where the, 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 the enemy launches the attack. You see, the attack is not the, the, the attack is not really the attack on our physical body. The attack is not really the attack on your bank account. The attack is not the attack on your job security. The, the attack is not the attack on your family member. But the attack is in reality the attack that comes on your heart, you know, in your in your psyche, in your mind, in your ability. Because if Satan can cause you to start doubting, if he can cause you to start fearing, if he can cause you to start being overwhelmed, if he can st- cause me and you to start being overcome with emotion, then he is going to t- draw our attention away from what matters most. He is going to draw our attention away from the things of God and the place of God and the people of God. And he's going to draw our attention And cause us to get distracted. And that's why we have to be careful to guard our heart in all matters. Because understand this with me. It's with the heart the Bible declares. Paul wrote this to the church at Rome. It's with the heart that we believe unto salvation. So the place that we believe unto salvation is the part of us that the enemy wants to attack and he wants to destroy. Because he wants to prevent us from being, believing, and being all that we can be in Christ Jesus. And if my mind is cluttered, my heart is overwhelmed, there's an opportunity that he will hinder me. You see, the prince of this world system. When Jesus said, "I don't bring you peace," as the world brings peace, I bring it to you another way. Uh, we need to remember. We need to realize I'm not. I'm not giving him any glory. And then it. it's just the way God designed it. It was part of God's plan. The prince of this world is Satan. He, he's he's roaming to and fro according to scripture, and he's seeking who he may devour. He's looking for you. He's looking for me. He's looking for any any unsuspected. Follower of Jesus Christ. I, I I don't I don't personally believe, personally my personal belief, I don't believe that Satan's out looking for those that he already has in his grasp, so to speak. But he's looking. His objective, his 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 motive is to destroy the body of Christ. The body of Christ exists in you and myself. And as he attacks us, his attempt is to destroy the body of Christ. He hates, he despises who Christ is. He just hates He despises despises everything that there is to do with God. Therefore, he seeks and he's looking to tear us down. But then we have to realize where we are. As Paul said this, he said, consequently, we're no longer foreigners and strangers. But we're fellow citizens with God's people. And also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together. King James says fitly joined together. I love that. And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling which God lives by his spirit. Understand this. We are strangers and pilgrims in this world, we're strangers and pilgrims in this world. In fact, if you read Psalms one nineteen and verse nineteen, it, it, it emphatically defines that we're strangers. We're strangers. I'm stranger to this world. I'm a pilgrim in this world. If you have never watched the movie or read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, do it sometime. It's great. It's tremendous. We're strangers and pilgrims in this world. Listen, but Pastor, we're still in. We're still here. We've not went to heaven yet. I realize that. I fully understand that. I know that. But I also understand this. I've got the purpose in my mind and in my faith that I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I belong to a kingdom that is far better than this. I belong to... I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm on a journey down here. and It's a few more steps perhaps to it. I don't know. It may not be as many as I think. But I've got a few more steps maybe in this journey down here. But this journey down here is a temporary circumstance because I'm on my way home and my citizenship is heaven. My citizenship is in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And when I get there, I'm going to sing, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Blessed be the name of the Lord who was and is and is to come. I'm going to be singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is here. It's just temporary circumstances. And I'm not going to stay here too much longer and you're not either but we are on this journey the hall of famers if you read the 11th chapter of the book of hebrews you find there the faith hall of fame and when you read that chapter as well you find there that all of those men all those people of faith were identified as pilgrims strangers on a journey so here's where i'm at this morning Jesus said this. He's getting ready to leave. He knows because he's God. He knows, he knows the panic. He knows the turmoil that's going to happen in, in Jerusalem especially. He knows, he knows that, that, that seemingly everything is going to go, start going haywire spiritually, politically, economically. He, he knows a lot of things are about to happen, but he, he, he looks at his disciples and he says, don't 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 allow your hearts to be troubled. See the heart. That the heart again. Let me re- recap that. The heart. That's the place we believe upon God. That's the place that we're saved. With the heart. With the heart, we believe unto salvation. He said, "Don't let your heart. Don't let your hearts." Don't let your hearts become troubled. Don't let your hearts become cluttered. Don't let your hearts become overwhelmed with fears and anxieties. Don't let your hearts become engulfed with the cares and the problems and troubles of this life. But he he said, but just believe in me. Just believe in me. Paul said this. Paul said it. To live... Is Christ. Of course, we know the rest of that is to die is gain. But to live is Christ. But to live is Christ. Sometimes we don't, our definition of live, I don't think quite lines up with what Paul had in mind there. To live is Christ. To live, to live. Listen, in the midst of pandemonium, going back to Tweety Bird Elvis last week. In the midst of pandemonium, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of getting sucked up, washed up, and blown up. In the the midst of corona, in the midst of an election, in the midst of political unrest. Oh Lord Jesus, did you all hear K&W shutting down today? The world is coming to an end. Where are we going to eat? Now, we didn't eat too much at K&W anyway, but now her granddaughter loves to go get those big mushrooms. And I don't know how we don't break it to her. She calls it the K&W Cafe. I don't know how we don't break it to her. She can't come to K&W Cafe and get them big mushrooms anymore. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? k and shut down. Ryan's is shutting down. Food's dear to our heart. Tell, I got a big heart. What are we going to do? Starbucks is shut down. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just using it. But here's here's the thing about it. What I'm where I'm going with this is, listen. Ryan's can close down. Golden's Golden Corral shut their door. K and W shuts down. Myrtle Beach can close. Pigeon Forge can shut down. So I heard. I've heard reports that, that many of the streets on uh, in Manhattan, New York, many of the many of the buildings in Manhattan, New York are now literally boarded up. Plywood over the windows. The business is shut. They're not coming back. New York City looks like a ghost town. So I've heard. Not been there. But that's just reports I've read. Uh, New York City's closing down. It's going to be, it's going to stand in ruins. It's going to be another Baltimore. It's going to be another Chicago. Chicago full of violence. What are we going to do? Portland's full of violence. What's going to happen? Let me tell you something. None of the stuff that's going on, COVID-19, the banks could close, Wall Street could collapse again, as before. All of this could happen, but none of it stopped God from being God. None of it takes away from His deity. None of it takes away from His, who He is. God is God. With it. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Why does He need Wall Street? Your heart matters. Your heart matters. It matters that your heart is focused on the things of God. Don't let all the troubles, don't let all the cares, don't let all the troubles that's going on in life right now weigh you down. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. If you read the rest of that, and many, most of you all know it, he says, "In my father, for in my Father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But because it is so, I want you to know that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And because I'm there, you will be there also. You see, what our heart really does matter. I just want you to bow your heads with me just a moment. Father, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you, Jesus, for all that you've given us lord i want to thank you lord for blessing and ministry and doing great things among us today I thank you for the confidence of your word and I thank you for the confidence of your holy spirit I thank you lord for ministering and working lord when a world is full of turmoil and trouble god that you're still in charge you're not you're not straight you're not straying away lord you're not tossed around by the waves of of economic decline. You're not tossed away by some virus. Lord God, you're, you're, you're not, you're not interrupted. Lord Jesus, by an election. But God, you're still God and you're still on the throne today. God, I pray right now for people, people that may be sitting in this room right today. Lord, that are overcome with fear, they're overcome with stress. Lord, it is it is zapping them, it is destroying them, it is taking them, it is taking toll on their life, their body, and their mind. I pray for those that are watching my live stream today, Lord God, that are being overwhelmed. But God, we stand true to you, Lord. We stand on your word. We stand, Lord, believing in your Holy Spirit. That God, you are moving and you are working in your ministry. I will lack nothing. Lord, I will lack nothing. Lord, if you have to feed me by a brook and send a send a crow by to drop my food off to me, Lord God, that, let it, that it may be so, Lord, but you will not see me perish. You will not let my, me perish. You will, I'm your seed and I will not be begging for bread. God, you're not, you're not going to give me a stone. But God, you are going to bless and you're going to take care of me. And likewise, you're going to take care of your people. Those that trusted you. So today we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. And we believe your Holy Spirit is at work in this place this morning. Amen and amen. I want to ask you a question. still got your heads bowed, your eyes closed. And I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not my job. But I want to ask you this morning. If you're here in this place right now. And you are distressed to the max. You're just overwhelmed with the circumstance, whether it be COVID, whether it be the election. It could be this whole thing about schools and going back to schools. It could be a lot of different things. But if you're here in this room right now and you're just being overwhelmed with stress and anxiety, I want you to slip up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me right now. Thank you. Is there anybody else in this room today? Thank you. Anyone else? You're overwhelmed by stress. You're over. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. I get stressed out sometimes have it in, in a good while but every once in a while I'll get one of those panic attack things feels like my blood's boiling in my body and I, I, and I have to cry out to the rock that is higher than me the rock that is seemingly out of my reach but he'll reach down and help me is there anybody else in this room right now you're overcome with anxiety you're overcome with stress you're overwhelmed right now don't be ashamed there's nothing wrong with saying that is there anyone else besides those that's raised their hands already this is what I want to do this morning. For those that slipped up their hands, I want, to, I want you to know that right now this prayer is for you. Those of you that didn't raise your hand in this room, I want you to pray for the ones that did. Because I'm dependent that those that didn't raise your hand, I, I, I'm, I'm depending that right now at this moment in your life, you're not stressing, you're not overwhelmed. But right now, that that you are resting and you are at peace in where you are at with God. You are at peace in the circumstances of the world. You are at peace with what's going on around you. You know God's in control. You know everything's going to be okay. You are not stressing over it, okay? I want you to pray for those that slipped up their hands this morning. Will you join me in prayer? Right now. Out loud. We're Pentecostals. Father Jesus. We come to You, Father God. We come to You, Jesus. And we just believe that You are ministering and working to the hands that went up in this place this morning. God, You know the the fears. You know the apprehensions. You know unbelief is looming. Lord, You know there's stress. Lord, there's anxiety. God, I want You to touch the people that have made it known in this place this morning. That they're wrestling. They're, they're struggling with some things. God, we all, Lord, we all are weak at times. Lord, we all are weak in our moments, Lord. We all struggle, Lord God. Right now, Lord, I want you to part the seas. Lord, right now, Lord God, I want you to to, to roll back the clouds, Lord. Right now, God, whatever, Lord, those that are struggling today are going through, we are believing Jesus in particular for those people that, God, that you are going to strengthen them through the power of your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, you are working, you are ministering, you are touching and you are meeting the needs, God, in their lives right now. Jesus, they will not fall, they will not fail. We declare your word over them, Lord God. They will not be consumed, Lord God. They will not falter, they will not fail because the keeping power, the abiding presence of the Holy Ghost is with them this day, God. Let them find assurance. Let them find comfort in you today, God. And minister to every need that they have. God, don't let them look Lord God, at their circumstance as their final answer. Don't let them look. Lord, may they not look at their circumstance, Lord, has a definitive moment in their life. But Lord, may they look to you today. May they cast their care. May they cast their dependency upon you. And allow you to minister in their situation. In Jesus' name.